Nehemiah 4. I'm going to read some, some passages of scripture because uh, Rosh Hashanah happened Friday night. Rosh Hashanah is the blowing of trumpets. It is the Jewish festival of blowing of the trumpets. And when you blow a trumpet, it is not an instrument uh, like you would, you, only, you, know, you can hear all the scales. It only has like three consecutive notes or three different notes. And the way you blow the trumpet determines how the response should be. So when you have a, a shofar blowing, um, how many have ever been in a church where the shofar was blowing? How many have ever seen somebody blow a shofar? Uh, give me that shofar if you don't mind. Some people blow a shofar that, that I better, I, this might be a setup because I got to blow it here in a minute. And you're like, dear God, they don't know how to blow that shofar. Um, and I'm telling you, it's one of the most embarrassing things to, because this thing, you got to put your lips on that little hole there and make a vibration. I'm telling you, it is very difficult. But when you do this and blow the sound, it determines how you blow it, determines what to expect. So you, you can't blow advance or you can't, you, you can't blow retreat if the Lord's asking you to advance. It's a marching, it's a, it's a war symbol. It's a, uh, if the watchman on the wall does not sound the alarm, does, if he does not blow the trumpet, the blood will be on the hands of the watchman. But if he, if he does blow it and you don't show up, it'll be hand, it, the blood will be on your hands. Uh, God has always used a trumpet to announce, to dedicate, deliver, defeat, and decree. Everybody say, dedicate, dedicate. deliver. Defeat and decree. That's what a shofar is made for. Anytime you see a shofar, it's either being filled with oil to dedicate, deliver. It's called a deliver. Gideon was a deliverer. And what did he do? He said, when I blow the shofar and light the torch, you will know that we're supposed to, we're supposed to go forth. What did they blow on the walls of Jericho? The 12 uh, priests blew the trumpets. It wasn't a gold or silver trumpet. It was this right here. They heard the sound of the trumpet. The people shouted with a great shout, and the walls fell down flat. The year of Jubilee, Le Leviticus 25, it talks about blow the trumpet on the 50th year, and things will return to you. Possessions, slap, tap your, slap, no, slap your neighbor, slap your neighbor. Say possessions, property, people, and prosperity. It's all in the Bible. It says it right there that when the trumpet blows, things change, things shift war is announced advancement this thing is not a, an instrument to retreat when it's blowing it is telling you to rally and get behind what god is going to do and rosh hashanah actually happened friday night we blew the trumpet i'm gonna blow it again because anytime you blow this trumpet it's announcing that we are moving forward we're not going to look back we're going to continue the work so i'm going to read some scriptures with that in mind, in Joel 2, where it says, blow the trumpet in Zion, sound the alarm on the holy mountain. With those two scriptures, I want you to hear what I have to say. Nehemiah 4. Nehemiah was, was there. He came to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And the walls were collapsed. The enemy had had his way. But God puts an anointing on, a, on, on Nehemiah. Actually puts a burden on Nehemiah to go rebuild these walls. He asks the king, uh, I'm setting this up before Nehemiah 4. He says, I have to go back to my hometown. I've got to, God has put a mandate on me to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And the king granted his request. He comes to the people and they're sitting with an ash heap. The, the Bible literally says that the, the burnt stones, they are building with ash heap and burnt stones. And he begins to rally the people together. There's a newfound anointing. There's a feeling of things are shifting and changing. I know that something's going to happen. Something, how many feel that in the atmosphere? Even of your life and of the culture. That even though it looks... I'm already preaching. I'm sorry. But even though the culture looks like it's going straight to hell. And people are celebrating wickedness and lawlessness. There's this underlying feeling in my gut. That even though all hell is broken loose in the culture. That the church is stepping into a new season. And when I blow this so far, I'm going to declare a new season. We're going to dedicate a new season. We're going to deliver you with a new season. And we are going to declare create a new season on your life so he's here and he's building and here's what happens in chapter 4 verse 1 just stay with me I'm gonna read it fast it says but it happened so happened when Sanballat 
heard that they were rebuilding the wall. Sanballat is the enemy. How many know you have an enemy? Sanballat heard that they were rebuilding the wall, that he was furious and very indignant and mocked the Jews. And he spoke with his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, what are these feeble Jews doing? Let me tell you something about the enemy. He will tell you the exact opposite of what you are. You didn't hear what I'm saying. He's the father of lies. So if he's telling you you can't, it's, it is a direct revelation that he's afraid that you will. It says, will they fortify themselves? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they complete it in a day? Will they revive the stones from the heap of rubbish? Stones that are burned? Now Tobiah, the Ammonite, was beside him. And he said, whatever they build, even if a fox goes up on it, he will break down their stone wall. How many have ever had the enemy tell you, whatever you do, whatever you put your hand to, it isn't much significance. Just go on about your day. It's, you're not necessary. You're disqualified. You're discredited. Everything you're using is just a bunch of junk. How many have ever heard the enemy just tell you lies after lies after lies? He says, hear our God. For we are despised. Turn their reproach on their own heads. Give them as a plunder to the land of captivity. Do not cover their iniquity. Do not let their sin be blotted out from before you. For they have provoked you, your anger, before the builders. So we built the wall. And the entire wall was joined together. Up to half. They were middle, middle of the way through. For the people had a mind to work. Tap your neighbor and say, I got a mind to work. So it happened when Sinbalat and Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, the Ashdodites heard that the walls of the Jerusalem were being restored and the gaps were beginning to be closed. Oh God, I want to preach that. That they became very angry and all of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion. The enemy's first job is not to tear the wall down. The enemy's first job is to create confusion I'm gonna put confusion in the camp we're gonna get them fighting with one another we're gonna get them frustrated with one another we're gonna tell them we're gonna make them feel very belittled by what they have he says we're gonna create confusion nevertheless we made our prayer to God and because of them we set a watch against them day and night we're gonna watch the enemy mm. I want to preach this as I read it but I'm gonna get there then Judah said oh I like Judah Judah and Judah said the strength of the laborers is failing for there is so much rubbish they're not able to build the wall and our adversary says they will neither know nor see anything till we come to the midst and kill them and cause the work to cease so it was when the Jews who dwelt near them came and they told us ten times from wherever you put your turn they will be upon us therefore I positioned men behind the lower parts of the wall. At the openings, I set people according to their families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. And I looked and I rose and I said to the nobles, to the leaders. Everybody say, I said to the leaders. I say, talk to the leaders first. He says, to the leaders and to the rest of the people, remember the Lord, great and awesome. Fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. And it happened when the enemy heard this, that it was known to us that God had brought their plot to nothing, that all of us returned to the wall, everyone to his work. So when we was there from that time on, the half of the servants worked with construction, while the other half held spears and shields and bows. And the leaders were behind the house of Judah. Mm, what a strategy. Build, fight, watch, lead. Those who built the wall and those who carried the burdens loaded themselves that with one hand, that with one hand, everybody say one hand, like with one hand they worked at construction and with the other hand they held a weapon. Each one of the builders had his sword girded to his side, one to the sound of the trumpet was beside me. Then I said to the nobles, I'm almost done for those who are hearing and you're ready for me to be done. I'm about to be done. Everybody say, I'm about to be done here. He says, the work is great, extensive. We are separated far from one another. So whenever you hear the sound of the shofar, whenever you hear the sound of the horn, whenever you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there for our God will fight for us. Today I want to preach the sound of the trumpet. 
is in this house come on let's go father i thank you for the next moment that we would understand and understand that you are coming and with the sound of the trumpet we defeat the enemy i declare that this season is a season of breakthrough that everybody gets it in the house in jesus name and if you feeling it somebody shout amen in this house you may be seated glory everybody say blow the trumpet he says whenever you hear the sound of the shofar rally to us there for our God will fight for us there's a promise in the Bible that the devil doesn't want you to hear that you are the seed of Abraham he told Abraham if we're the sons and daughters of Abraham he told Abraham after God tested Abraham. Because how many know God tests every single one of us? In different ways we're tested. Why? Because the test of the measure of the test is really relegated to the victory that you'll have at the end of the test. Whatever you're asking God to do, the test will be almost to the level of frustration as the level of blessing that's about to come. I would like to even say it like this. That Right before harvest, the enemy comes in to frustrate you and challenge you to give up. I don't know about you, but there are times in my life that when something is presented to me, I just want to throw my hands up in the flesh and say, why am I still doing this? And I'm frustrated at the fact that while I'm working, I'm having now to grab a weapon. I'm trying to build something but I'm also now having to grab a weapon. If you are going to do something from the Lord, prepare to be frustrated. If you're going to do something great and mighty for God, prepare for the enemies to come in. The enemy does not want you to build for the kingdom. And in that, you have to understand that the Bible says we are the seed of Abraham. And the seed of Abraham, through Jesus Christ, means that we have the same blessing that is on Abraham. So whatever Abraham was told, because we are the heirs through Jesus Christ of Abraham, whatever God said to Abraham actually belongs to the people of God that are in the seed through Jesus Christ, Abraham's children. We are God's children, but we are Abraham, Isaac's, not Ishmael. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We are of the seed of Abraham. I, I'm, I'm, I'm re being re reiterating this multiple times because you have to understand that it wasn't just the physical blessings that God gave to Abraham. He told Abraham, I'm not only going to bless you, but I am your shield and I am your reward. He did not say, here, because I'm going to bless you, let me give you a shield and give you a reward. He said, because you have been tested and passed your test, I am going to be your shield and I am going to be your reward. Are y'all listening to me, what I'm about to say? Because many of you are thinking that God's going to give you just the ability to fight, but when God is in it he doesn't just give you a shield he says i'm gonna stand right in front of your enemy i'm not gonna give you a recompense or reward i am your reward the bible even says let the redeemed of the lord let me tell you even your salvation it wasn't given to you because you worked for it he said i am your reward jesus showed up and redeemed your lost soul your sorry soul your stuck in sin soul and brought you you don't deserve it but grace and mercy showed up in your guilt and shame and redeemed you bought you back that is jesus being your reward Oh, I wish I had about a hundred people that could reminisce and realize that God has brought you from a mighty long way. Come on, can you give God a great shout of praise in this house? Mm -hmm. He said, I am the shield. I am the reward. But let me tell you something about serving God. When you're doing something from God or for God, serving God does not exempt you from attacks. It actually enlists you to have them. When you are working for God, the enemy is not might 
He will show up and he will try his best to wreak havoc in your life. He will try to frustrate the plan of God on your life. Can I tell you if that happens, it's just an indication that on the other side of this test is the greatest blessing and the miracles that God wants to do in your life. So hold on. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it's not death. It just seems like it's death. Keep walking because God on the other side side of this has something so great so massive so beautiful for you Y'all remember before you got in a fight, if you had long hair, you would make sure it was pulled right back up. I just feel like I just let the devil know I'm pulling my hair up because I'm going to war for the people of God. I'm going to war for the kingdom. Ain't nothing going to touch our children. Ain't nothing going to touch our wives, our children, our husbands, our families. I'm fighting for the whole group. Happy neighbors say, I'm fighting. Y'all ever been fighting mad? Come on, I know it's church, and I know y'all don't want to be too, too, too transparent, but have you ever been fighting mad? That you didn't care was in the room, you would just put your hair back, you didn't care who was watching, I'm going to war, you're not going to have this, I'm showing up, I've got something to say, I'm going to fight, I will stand my ground, I know what God has put me here for, I suggest some of you get some grit and fight for the kingdom. Serving God does not exempt you from attack. It actually enlists you for the attack. You were fine when you were living like the world. Well, the only attack you had was depression and emptiness after you did your stuff. And quit acting like you ain't did your stuff before. Religious long nose, a pastor. He must be talking to somebody else. No, I'm talking to you. Come on, I'm including myself there. We've all had something in our past that reared up that we had to get over and say, God, help me. You were fine living like the world until you got in the kingdom. Now, the Bible says to count it all joy when you go through something. You know why you're going through something? Because the enemy, tap your neighbor. You're going to talk to your neighbor today. Tell your neighbor, say, the enemy is frustrated at you. Come on, tell them. Don't look at me. Tell your neighbor. Say, the enemy is frustrated with me. The enemy is frustrated with you. Now look back at him and say, together we're going to frustrate him. What do you do when an enemy overwhelms you? You don't go tuck your tail and run. You put your feet firm on the ground. You square your shoulders. Remember who you are in Jesus Christ. If they come to you in a spear and a sword, be like David and say, I come to you in the name of the Lord. I ain't fighting this thing in the physical. I know I got a stone and sling, but there's no power in the stone. There's no power in the sling unless I fight in the name of the Lord. Shout, the enemy is frustrated. The enemy's mad at you. Men, the enemy can just stay mad. Let me tell you something about Miles Rutherford and Delana Rutherford. The enemy can do what he says he thinks he's big and bad enough to do. I ain't moving. You need to have the same mindset. We have more fear of the enemy than we have the fear of God in us. I know it's the case because if we had the fear of God, we wouldn't remain silent on the issues of today. We would fight back. We would raise our voice and say, I refuse to get up to heaven and say, I didn't say anything. I refuse to be like that. I will go up there. I want to hear the Lord say, well 
done you good and faithful he ain't gonna say preacher he ain't gonna say pastor he ain't gonna say husband he's gonna say one word and that's who i am to god i might be a preacher down here and a pastor down here that might be my hat but can i tell you it doesn't matter what hat you wear when you stand before the lord and every single one of us are gonna stand before the lord whether you go to heaven or hell he's gonna ask you what did you do and he's some of you that have the redemption and have worked he's gonna say well done you good and faithful servant the kingdom of God is going to the servants the kingdom of God the blessings of God go to the servants not the ones that want to be served but the ones that want to grab a rock and start building a wall for the kingdom of God when you are that's you have that mindset to be a servant you are taking on the nature of Jesus Christ what would Jesus do serve what would Jesus do forgive what would jesus do walk with what would jesus do heal what would jesus do touch what would jesus do deliver jesus never came to a synagogue and sat down he had it in his mind i'm going to change things i'm going to change society and then he was resurrected and he said hang around because these works that i do greater works will you do when he went up the holy spirit came down and 120 were baptized in fire and the fire sat on each one of them and they begin to speak in tongues and in the next chapter you see peter and he's telling somebody at the gate cold beautiful get up from where you are and people that used to be lame begin to walk and the blind begin to see and people that were dead were resurrected that happened after Jesus's day and we are still here in Jesus's day we are after Jesus's day and because of that the same things that the early church did should be the same things that this church should do we should lay hands on the sick and see them recover we should cast devils out we should should touch blinded eyes and see them open Ooh. used to be a shirt my wife come out with wrong chick devil probably should make a note and says wrong church devil and the wall verse 6 was half built and the enemy came in during the halfway point no one takes you serious until you take it serious. For years they sat there and thought about these broken down walls. How are we going to build these walls? I don't know. Hopefully somebody will come by one day. They were sitting there in Jerusalem like the church sits in the church and prays and says, I hope somebody fixes the mess we're in. Nobody would do anything but God lays a burden on Nehemiah which is hundreds of miles away and begins to speak to Nehemiah and he groans and he's in anguish and pain even the, the king that he serves and he was the cupbearer so you don't go into the presence of the cupbearer with a sad countenance because you're there to taste the wine to make sure that nobody's poisoned it so if you have a face that looks all demented it means the the cup may have poison in it. And so the king says, why a sad countenance? You weren't allowed to have a sad countenance in the king's presence because you would be immediately executed if you were just playing the fact. But he, he, he answered and he said, my home, my city, they have torn down the walls. There's nothing left. And I'm burdened. And the Bible says that the king gave Nehemiah favor. Oh, you know what God's doing for the church? He's... I feel the Holy Ghost right now. There are people in high levels of authority. And God is speaking to them. In this season, this is the season to favor the remnant. Those that have a burden to rebuild the church, get 
ready. It's going to come from places that you would have never dreamed or imagined it would come from. The same companies that were celebrating and financially supporting immorality and lawlessness and wickedness, God's going to turn the hearts of those companies. And God, I'm praying, I'm prophesying right now. I know. I know when I slip into prophecy, I'm slipping into prophecy right now. And the Lord is going to use people like a Home Depot and Bill Gates and others that have multiple finances. I see Amazon pouring into the church in this next season. God is going to deal with the hearts of those that have dishonor on them. Dishonor vessels are going to pour finances upon the people of God. And let me tell you, God is going to choose the churches and the people and the houses and the believers that he can trust his assets with and if you are going to use it for your own expenditures God will not fill your pockets with the wealth of the wicked that is laid up to the righteous but in this new season in this last hour in this last day for those that are willing to say God I will do the work of the Lord I will have the burden God is going to pour out the finest blessings and miracles financially that those churches has ever seen I just want to stop right now and I just want to prophesy to every spirit filled house that did not cave under the last three years of mandates and shutdowns and people trying to cancel their voice I declare in the name of the Lord Jesus the wealth of the wicked will be laid up to the righteous I speak a prosperity upon the people of God I speak a provision upon the people of God that's the reason for the test that's the reason you walked through hell because God was testing you can you handle the blessing that's coming your way the wall was built half its height and the enemy comes in no one takes you serious until you take yourself serious I came to Jesus, but I'm still shacking up. I came to Jesus, but I'm not serious. You didn't come to Jesus. You were just sorry. Repentance equals conversion. It's a change. I change. Verse 14 says, don't be afraid. Put it up on the screen. I want them to see this. Blow the trumpet. And I looked. And I arose. This is Nehemiah talking. I looked, I rose and said to the nobles, to the leaders. Do you know God will speak to the leaders? When God wants to do something, he'll find the leaders of the house first. He spoke to the leaders and to the rest of the people. Do not fear. Do not be afraid of your enemy. For him to say that, keep it up there for me. For him to say that. It denotes that they were afraid of their enemy. Have you ever had an army rise up against you? And all you got is a trial? Trying to create some mortar to lay a stone? And these people are coming with you with swords and shields? But you're the seed of Abraham. So you've got a great reward and a great shield. God himself. He says, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, comma, let me emphasize who he is and what he looks like. He's great and awesome. I think Nehemiah was a preacher. He was a businessman, but he was like, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord. Shout, I got to remember the Lord. That means don't forget where you come from when you're going through hell. Don't forget who it was that found you in hell, pulled you out of hell. Don't forget who gave the call for your name to come up higher. Remember the Lord of its glorious state that he pulled you out of the muck and mire and set you upon a rock. Remember the Lord. Remember the Lord. You do well when you are faced with a 
horrible, raunchy, stinking attitude to remember how God did it for you. Paul said it in this in 1 Corinthians. He says, don't, be, don't get it twisted. Homosexuals, liars, thieves, robbers, murderers, drunkards, they are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Comma. As such were some of you. But you were washed, sanctified, dipped in the blood of Jesus. How quick we go to pointing fingers at everybody else and forgetting where Jesus brought us out of. How we used to be a certain way. How we used to be promiscuous. How we would sin on the weekend. How we would lie. How we got drunk. God gets us saved. We get a couple of years on our belt and then we can think we can tell everybody else, look at you. No, you got it wrong. The reason they're going to hell is because you ain't reaching out. Instead, you're judging them. But God is saying, I need you to remember the God that you serve, both great and awesome. He's a great God. I said he is a great God. He is an awesome God. Mighty God. He's a mighty God. The same God that created heaven and spun it on its axis and told the waters to stay in place is the same God that put the Holy Spirit himself on the inside of weak vessels, corrupted vessels. The same God that uses the earth as a footstool is the same God that walks with me in my valley, that walks with me on the mountains, that walks with you in your low and contrite state the same God that is holy gave his son so that your unholiness your filthy rag righteousness could be redeemed to have relationship tap your neighbor said remember God I don't have a problem remembering God some of y'all say the reason why some of y'all have a hard time with this is because you don't know. Maybe you haven't gone through something, but you, 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 you only had God to get you out of. That you've done something that only God could help you out of. That you've, you've been a part of something or something happened to you or you happened to somebody else. Something. Let me tell you something. When you walk through something and God breaks your spirit, he breaks your will down. And you say, God, I don't have anybody else but you. When you get to that level, then come knocking on my door and ask Ask me to pray for you but if you got a religious spirit you ain't been through enough yet don't worry God will give you the opportunity but for those that know what I'm talking about you've been through hell you've been through high water you know God left you there he delivered you there God delivered you there and there you know he's going to deliver you right now shall remember God Shout it again. I remember God. Say it again. I remember God. Now go to remembering and give him a shout of praise for all he's brought you out of. Remember, it's 12.50. Tap your neighbor and say, remember where God brought you from. Put it back up on the screen. Yeah, thank you. Remember the Lord. me save me we so christianese we 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 just just we could say some stuff around the church can't we how you doing today blessed and highly favored the lord remember remember 
49. I'm 48. I'm going to be 49 in a couple months. I've never seen the righteous forsake or his seed begging. He doesn't say, remember the Lord in this household when you're done. He says, remember the Lord and fight. Oh, I thought God was going to do the fighting. No. God's going to anoint the fighting. God's going to use your fight. And he's going to fight for you. And he's going to come against the enemy. But you've got to do your part. <clears throat> but then he tells us to fight. But then he tells us what to fight for. Fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. For him to say this means he wasn't talking to the women. talking to the men. Fight for your wives. It doesn't say husbands. You want to know? And you all do know. You could probably agree that the greatest pandemic of our generation is fatherless society. Everything you see, it trickles down when the man is out of place. Well, my dad was there, but he wasn't there. Some of y'all have, well, I, I never had a dad. And some of y'all said, I had a dad, but he stayed drunk. So you were left to try to figure life out because there was no fathering anointing I'm not against the mothering anointing we need the nurture each one serves a different role and both are equally as important don't twist my words but if you look across the nation 60 to 75% of the church is made up of Holy Ghost filled women well in, in Holy Ghost filled church If you want a Holy Ghost filled woman, you're in the right house. Because they ain't going to play. If they play, maybe they just visiting. But he says, this is why we fight. For our brothers, our sons, our daughters, our wives, our houses. Nehemiah is telling them, you want to give up. How many have ever had a fight and made you want to give up? He said, but I don't want you to fight thinking you're trying to help yourself. This fight can't be about you. This fight has to be about the houses, the sons, the daughters, the mothers. I'm going to say it too. The fathers in this generation, I'll adapt it a little bit because we need fighting for the men now too. We have sons, daughters, husbands, wives, houses, children, youth, all of us together. When we fight, we don't fight for our identity. We fight for the whole. We fight for our brothers we pray for our sisters. We pray and fight for our brothers. We pray and fight for our children. 
This is not a season that we get hours and go home. We need an emergent church that says when I fight, I'm fighting for the soul of humanity. I'm fighting for the reputation of my God. And I will build the kingdom that God wants to build his house. And I will build it. Whatever you give to me, I will build it with. What do they have? What do they have? The Bible says they were frustrated because they were at half its height. And the enemy started taking them serious. And they said, we can't build we, 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 we are we're frustrated. We're, we're frustrated because that's what happens when you do something. You, you set off with an excitement because they had a mind to work. How many ever had uh, started a project but never finished? You think this building just showed up? We got about halfway through this building. We got to the roof. It's a big roof. Just this building. And, and, and we didn't hire it was a handful of us guys, a couple of ladies, I think. But it was mostly Lincoln, Kendall, myself, and a few other guys getting up on that roof, shooting spray foam. Got done. We had, to, we had to buy a spray foam rig because it made sense. It was only going to be $100,000 to fix the roof. But if we didn't do the spray foam, and didn't learn it, it would be 300000 So in order to save the church 200000 Pastor Miles, Kendall, Lincoln, and a few other guys would do it ourselves. So we sprayed. It's take us about three or four days. Oh, Jesus, that was a lie. Spraying that. We got done. They said, well, did, did you, did, how'd you do it? We got a part of it done. They said, great. They said, um, What's these white stuff here? Oh, that's silicone we put on. Oh, yeah, you, you, you got to rip all this up. Uh, the silicone has to go down. Uh, you could have told us that. Yeah, put it down. Two weeks later, excited about it. Come down here. Sixteen holes in this roof. We got one today. I was like, well, we'll be back up on the roof next week. This, this, this building had 16 holes in it, windows broken out. We got halfway. It was exciting at first. Oh, we got us a building. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is good. 14 years, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, look what God has done. Praise the Lord. Everybody show up to work. Crickets. Handful. Went down to a thimbleful. Just a few. And we started hiring out. Monies went out. Got up on that roof about six weeks later. I ain't never cried concerning construction. But I got in my van. And I tell you, I cried. My God. I didn't realize it's going to be this much work. We're almost nine months into it. Chris Romain, you remember? Fire marshal. Is anybody a fire marshal here? There's God, humanity, the devil. When you're building, you don't want to see the people in red show up. Like, oh. I said, my God, we're a church. Go easy on us. Don't say that. Picked up the phone, called the commissioner. I said, Commissioner Cupid. You know, we go way back. We're friends. Can you talk to this fire marshal, Bill? I'm sorry, fire marshal? He's, I think his name was Bill. She says, yeah, I'll have a talk to him. Wrong move. I get a call next three days. Like, meet me at about, no, 30 minutes later. Meet me at your church. Bring the blueprints. I'm thinking, well, maybe he's going to adapt some things. No. He added $130,000 worth of material. We needed to do more. I want this. I want that. I want this. I want... Well, you didn't say it at the beginning. I want it. Put the sprinkles out there. You need it. Measuring tapes, all this stuff. You're like, my God. Building is frustrating. And I'm not saying, listen, they're doing it for the greater. Let me retract. I'm grateful and I appreciate fire marshals. <laughs> really? Because without them, there would be certain things that would happen. If things happened, 
we wouldn't have egress or exits. So I'm not against them. At the moment, I was just frustrated. Bear with me. I'm human. You would be too if somebody said, oh, your house is going to cost an extra 130 grand. What? Well, here, I got that right here. <laughs> My wife and I put our savings in it. Mom and dad stuck a massive chunk of savings in it. We knew that God wanted to build something here. And we were willing to build. But when we got halfway, we were weary. We were exhausted. We were tired. And there's a part of you thinking, what in the Lord help us have I done? They got halfway. Everybody say halfway. halfway. And they said, don't be afraid of your enemy. Remember the Lord God. And he said, we can't do this. It's frustrating because all we have are these burnt stones over here to build. That's all we've got. Because God doesn't work with bricks. He doesn't call us bricks. Bricks mean, if you look at a bricks, it, they're all the same. Same shape, same look, same size. A brick wall. When God wants to build something... He chooses stones, stones that are different. They're smaller. They're bigger. They have different shapes, different sizes. We are called not living bricks. We are called living stones. God uses all of us to create something great, strength. But the thing is, is this wasn't just any old stones. These were stones that were they have been used, they have been broken down, and they were called rubbish. They had been pushed over to the side, they were called rubbish. They were burnt stones. I just got some news for you. God doesn't wait for you to clean up, to put you on the wall. He will use you. When everybody threw you to the side, he will still use you. When everybody used you, cause harm to you, set you to the side, he will snatch you up and say, get back into the wall. I didn't create you with your mess to sit over in a, a rubbish heap. I'm going to use you. This is what I love about God. While everybody else wants to throw you away, while everybody else wants to take you and push you to the side and say it doesn't belong here anymore, God does not make something new he recovers what was lost he is a restoring God and he calls his ministers to be of the ministry of reconciling in other words we take what God had left what the enemy had left and we recycle it back into the mix we're called to reconcile we're called to touch and heal and minister to those that have walked a dirty life and hurt and, and that have been hurt whether they caused the hurt or hurt was caused to them and things are there you have to take that what is left and you have to use that burnt stone God does not throw away your past he forgets it but he will take your past and put it back on the wall and you will be stronger than before how because he will slide you in right beside others that have the same testimony or have gone through it and he will mortar the wall together in other words he will use some concrete and we will not just be one but we will be two that's why the bible says when two walk together in agreement something can get done so i'm not looking at my stone and your stone i'm looking at what god has brought me from and what god has brought you from and he's using your mess and he's using my mess and we're going to build the wall together when God builds something he doesn't use new stuff he uses broken stuff that others have given up on others have left out others say they can't be used anymore God does not discredit what man disqualifies God is a real God that uses real people and real situations stand to your feet He goes to the leaders and he says, Whenever you hear the sound of the trumpet, put your shield, put your weapon down, put your trowel, 
put your uh, instrument they're using to work, put it down. If you hear the trumpet blow over here, everybody rally over there. He said, whenever you hear the sound of the trumpet, of the shofar, rally. Because our God's going to fight for us. So when you hear the shofar saying, come and rally, we don't say, ah, it's getting late. I hear it, but I got to pick the kids up. Oh, I hear it, but whew, I'm hungry. Something has to get inside the believer that we rally and fight for the whole rather than fight for ourselves. I've seen this time and time again. My wife and I have pastored for so long. And there are moments that you rally with the church, that you come together and the sound of the trumpet is a dedication that our God, our God is going to fight for us. Can I tell you, I'm going to blow this trumpet in a minute. When I blow this trumpet, I'm announcing that our God is fighting for us. Last scripture, Romans 13, 11. You don't have to turn there. Just put it up on the screen. <clears throat> Romans 13 and 11. Somebody shout, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Shout, I've got a fighting spirit on me. Paul says this to the church in Romans, to the people in Romans. And do this knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. And do this knowing the time. For it is high time. How many have ever been to the beach? How many have never been to the beach? You were at the 9 o'clock service. So you lying then or now? Cast that lying spirit. How many have never been to the beach? You know, when you go to the beach, certain times on the beach, depending on where the moon is, there will be a low tide. And the water will be out. And to us, it just means more beach. Get to lay out, go get pick up shells that were kind of left from the water that receded. But to the ships, the cargo ships, it doesn't mean that. The cargo ships will be out in the harbor when it's low tide because if they go in at the wrong time, they're going to get stuck. So they wait for the high time. That's what Paul's saying. He said, and do this, knowing the time, that it is high time. In other words, the tide has rised. The precious cargo that are on the ships that have been sitting out there waiting to come in, they've not been able to, but now they are. What I see in the spirit, that the ships that have been out there for you, the help, all the things that God has, the tide has risen and the ships are coming in. Harvest is here. Outpouring is here. Glory is showing up. I've never felt anointing on me. We're on the church like we feel it in this season. We're in a season now you don't even have to sing or preach and people start praising God. There is a glory pouring out upon the church. And this is why Paul says, put it back up there if you don't mind. Awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than we first believed. The trumpet is an instrument to waken people. I'm going to blow this trumpet. And when I blow this trumpet, everything in your life that's out there in the harbor. The year of Jubilee. 
people, possessions, property, provision. Possessions, people, protection, provision, and property. Leviticus 26, you can read it. It's all right there. Those five things come back. The year of Jubilee was sounded by the long blast of a horn. It's the same horn you'll hear when, Jesus, when God comes back with Jesus. The Bible says God blows the trumpet, long sound of a shofar that announces a new season is on your life. And heaven is not full of hurt and pain and anguish and sorrow and depression and despair and lack of provision and people. Go no, Hev heaven is full of everything that you need. That's why God said, call heaven down. You didn't get saved just to go to heaven. You, came, you got saved to call heaven down while you're on earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What are you doing? You're praying heaven down. When I blow this trumpet... People that you've been praying for are going to come back to the Lord. Sons and daughters. Fathers. Men. That need to make a firm commitment to God. Coming back to the Lord. Women. Children. Wayward sons and daughters. Confused sons and daughters. Identities are going to come back to the Lord. People that are confused are not going to be confused anymore. Things are going to happen. You know, we've really already mortally wounded the principality that is over this region concerning LGBTQ. Why not keep going forward? We're halfway there. Let's build. And as the burnt stones come in, remember your stone was burnt when you showed up as well. Lock arms with them and said, let's walk together. Let's do this thing. People, possessions, property. Property, houses, blessings, not just for me, but for everybody in the room. As a, as a symbol of living stones that are melted together, would you just go up underneath your neighbor's arms and lock, lock arms like you used to do with Red Rover? Find somebody for Caroline. She's over there like, I guess I'm alone. Well, make sure everybody's got an arm locked on. Are y'all ready? Why'd they blow the shofar on Jericho? Because it was a symbol that every man, every person, two million people would shout, God give us two million Christians in America that will rise up. I'm praying big prayers right now in my life. The devil knows it. He can't do a thing about it. Are y'all ready? If you've got victory in here, that's a great place to give God a shout of praise. Come on, every wall coming down, your sons and daughters coming back, people in possessions and properties. God is moving the year of Jubilee. Somebody shout! Yeah! Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Lift up your voice like a shofar. Come on, your voice should sound like a shofar in the enemy's camp. Tell the enemy, I'm coming and I want my stuff back. Lift up your voice, lift up your head, O ye gates, and the King of Glory. Every time, every time I turn around, God is blessing me. Every time, every time, everybody said every time.
Look to your left. Say blessings. Look to your right. Say blessings. Look behind you. Say blessings are chasing me. Look in front of you. Say my future is blessed. This is my year. Now one more time, give God a great shout out. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want the pleasure to introduce you to somebody that will change your life. If you do not know him and you are in here today and you're saying, I want to know this God. He sent his son, Jesus Christ. He was born of the Virgin Mary. He died on the cross. He was the word made flesh. When he died, he didn't stay in the grave like other people that call themselves gods they're still in that grave today but Jesus Christ is the only one not Muhammad nobody else Jesus Christ is the only one who raised up and he said I am the way I'm the truth I'm the life no man comes to my father but through me there is no other way Jesus Christ is the only way your good works will not get you there your money will not get you there your talent will not get you there your everything that you have the whole world and you can lose your soul you have to commit your life to Christ Every head bowed, every eyes closed. If I'm talking to you, shoot your hand up in the air on the count of three. One, two, three. Shoot your hand up in the air. You say, God, I want to give my life to Christ. One, two, come on. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, 